Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry. Derek, we got a lot to talk about. Kentucky closed the regular season with a road win at Florida. We've not discussed that yet, and we have an SEC tournament bracket. But before we get into that, how about the women's basketball team going on like you called it yesterday, an improbable run, and I mean, just incredible, right? You you beat Mississippi State, a game that you were playing to solidify your NCAA tournament spot. Then you roll off wins versus ranked teams in LSU and Tennessee, and then you beat number one South Carolina a team that's been the favorite to win a national championship, and they win their first SEC title in forty years. Just an incredible weekend. And it was uh, the only game out of the stretch I didn't get to watch uh, was Saturday night against Tennessee. I was out uh, for most of that game. And then also I don't have ESPNU at my house, which uh, I didn't realize until, uh, you know, you pay 200 plus dollars for Spectrum. You can't get ESPNU, you know, I don't know. But uh, how do you not have ESPNU in 2022? Like with I was a trying to figure point, out. It's crazy, right? Yeah, I got, uh, you know, and of course, UK basketball almost, uh, almost never plays on ESPNU, right? I mean, I can't remember the last time. No. In terms of a game that I wouldn't have been at anyway, of course, that might be a problem going forward. But um, <laughs> it really was a great tournament. They they played such beautiful basketball. I you know, it comes down to making shots, right? And they were just scorched earth from three during this tournament. Against LSU and Mississippi State, they really played uh, exceptional. And like I said, I didn't get to see much of the Tennessee game. But yesterday, it wasn't really that way, Sean. They only scored three points <laughs> in the second quarter. The whole quarter, they scored three points and still found a way to win yesterday. Really one of the great comebacks. Um, I don't care to say it. It's Mark Story tweeted it. I agree with him. It's one of the great moments in UK sports history. It is. You're talking about a program that's never, well, 40 years since they won the SEC championship, and I believe that was their only one before, right? Uh, was in 1982. Yeah. So this was no fluke. You had to beat LSU, which had lost four games all season, Tennessee, which is not what it was under Pat Summit, but still a, a program historically great, one of the greatest college women's basketball programs out there. Uh, and a team that I think uh, – I know for sure Tennessee beat them down in Tennessee. I don't know if they played in Lexington this year, though. Um, I'd have to go look at the schedule. But still, you know, Conrad Elsey played at Tennessee. I know it's a big one for her just to get to the championship game. And then South Carolina, a team that had lost one game all season – uh, one of the true powerhouses in women's basketball right now, uh, one of the title favorites they are going to be the number one overall seed. And they find a way to come back from 14 down in the final quarter on a, a three-point shot by Dre Edwards. I mean, I was jumping around the living room, Sean. It was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the comeback, it was – and, you know, I had – I watched it all, and, you know, it just felt like the whole time it wasn't really going to go their way. And then I think when they got it down to about five, I told my wife, I said, they're going to win this. And – uh Man, that's just crazy to go from into the tournament, probably needing to win at least one game just to solidify your spot, all the way to a seven seed in the projections now. Yeah, and that kind of that keeps them away from a one seed until the Elite Eight, if they were to advance that far, that, that win does. But it was wild because I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm like you, the, the entire game, I don't know, I texted you earlier, and I was like, I just don't think that they can yeah. do this off today. And they started out bucket for bucket, and then they had that cold spell. And then it was like a seven, eight point game there late. And we had dinner plans around <laughs> five o'clock. And I was like, I'm not going to have to to work a ton with this. Like a, a lot's, I mean, I'll, I'll ride a gamer or something, but 
And then when they won the entire 45 minute drive to where we were going for dinner, I had to sit in the back seat and actually work on the way because, because they yeah. won an SEC championship and John Calipari loses his Rolex watch and it goes flying in the stands. Kyle Tucker had the video of it. And how cool was it seeing him celebrate too? Like it was a really good day. You had some recruits and signees in the building and Kyra Elzey, She's done an incredible job over the last four to five weeks. Uh, Derek, I, I'm not going to sit here and, and lie. Like, I, I kind of thought they were left for dead. I, I was like, this team, oh, yeah. they're they're not playing inspired basketball. It just seems like that they're, they're not having fun. And then something flipped, it feels like, on that road win at Alabama. I watched it, and I remember, like, I don't even know why I'm watching this game. They've not really played well for a month. They don't play hard. And then they got it figured out that day, got healthy, and then Dre Edwards – I mean, look, she was suspended earlier in the year, and for her to hit that shot, the raw emotion in the post-game interview, <laughs> just uh, just an unbelievable. How about the play that they drew up out of that timeout? Everybody in the building thinks Ron Howard's going to get the ball, and they run the pick-and-pop fade to uh, Dre Edwards at the top of the key, and it was wide open. Well, it was Dre's day, wasn't it? 27 points. Yeah. Uh, How about that duo, seven. too? I think they're both scoring over 20 points a game during their 10-game mm-hmm. win streak, her and Ron Howard, so – you're talking about an NCAA tournament. You don't want to see Kentucky with a duo like that. No, and they have the lineup out there that, uh, you know, Massengill is an, is an, a great shooter, but Massengill surely controls the game well. And then you have, uh, you know, Benton's been hitting shots. She doesn't start. Walker's been starting. But obviously, you know, Howard can carry you through anything. But when you have Edwards and Hahn as well, who can both step out and hit threes, I mean, it's a pretty tough lineup to guard. Um you're right about them being left for dead. I mean, it's. I think it's totally fair. They they did not look good at all. And I think, you know, last year I, I wasn't really – we talked about them a little bit on this show. But there were some real things last year with the pandemic, the fact that Elsie didn't know she was even going to be the full-time head coach. I mean, she wasn't named. Uh, she didn't get the interim tag dropped until, you know, the season had already begun. I don't know. Maybe Matthew Mitchell had given her a heads up prior to when we found out that he was retiring. I'm sure he did, but still – the scenario is different. You know, you're not going into the season. It's not like she had a whole summer to plan on being the head coach at Kentucky. And then this year, yeah, things look rough. One of the big narratives that I think was on a hangover their head was that you had Ryan Howard, one of the great players in the program's history, and he didn't really have anything to show for it. Yeah. I think winning an SEC championship, and who knows how far they're going to go. I mean, they, they could lose in the first round. Who knows? To have this run, it, it's – it's um. It, it, to me, it's one of the more inspirational stories just because, I mean, they had a losing record, you know, probably, what, a month and a half ago? Yeah, and yeah, and like we said, it, it wasn't like they had a lot of help in this tournament. They had to beat <laughs> the highest-ranked seeds on their way and some really good basketball teams to do it. And you, you had in that four days – or four games, I mean, in four days and to find a way in the fourth quarter to have the comeback the way they won it. I mean, it, it's a great story and uh, really it was a great weekend for UK Athletics. You know, yeah, really nothing – Nothing bad that happened, but uh, Sean, is, is there anything else you want to add on the women's basketball? And I think it's the selection tomorrow. Is that when they find out? Uh, I think it – is it it's tomorrow? Or is it might it be tonight? tonight. It might be. I know it's so different than than the men's tournament and everything. And then it starts, like I think – doesn't it start like the same weekend of the men's or after the men's or something? They've had it so weird a couple of years. I, I remember like a, almost a two-week layoff from conference tournament through postseason play, but – uh, I'll I'll check on that and see if I can find. Or is it? Is it next weekend? I'm trying to. That see, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Is it next Monday? 
because it's always been so weird how they do it. Like the see the conference tournament would end and then it wouldn't be immediate selection show and everything. So I have I have no idea. Oh, it looks like it's the same day as the men. It's a Sunday. Wow, really? Yeah, they moved it up a day. So it'll I wonder be wonder why they do that though. Wonder why they don't just give that day. Like, you know, yesterday could have been selection Sunday for the women's tournament. And kind Man, of if you're the women it. though, uh <laughs> Are you happy you get this time off to, to rest your legs, or you ha- or would you rather be playing with how well the way playing? that they're playing right now? I'd rather be playing. Like I'd Ten say, game wins we start yeah. the tournament today. <laughs> That's what I would do if I were. Uh, by the way, Kyle Elsey is going to get some good news pretty soon too. That I was told oh. something this morning. So they're recruiting. they're recruiting wise. Yeah, they're not they're not finished with what they're putting together for next year. I got also she'll be happy because I saw. Part of her contract, I want her bonuses to win the SEC tournament, fifty thousand dollar bonus. So, <laughs> really good. There you go, fifty thousand dollars in her pockets. Yep. And she found John Calipari's lucky watch. She found she knew the person that caught it. That video is so funny, by the way, because you see the watch go flying, and this <laughs> this woman catches it, and she's like, "Where'd this come from? You know, <laughs> somebody dropped this from the upper level." And then Cal looks at Ellen. And then Ellen, you can, and Ellen has no idea. And I know she doesn't know she's on camera, but her reaction is exactly how her Instagram feed kind of portrays her relationship with Cal. She looks around like, what do you want me to do about it? You lost your watch. <laughs> and it, he needs his lucky watch, Derek, because Kentucky going to the SEC tournament this week. We have a bracket, but we also have a win to talk about to close the regular season at Florida, they've won four straight at Florida. I hadn't even realized that. Their last loss was Shea's year, uh, the first time I ever went to Gainesville. So Kentucky's gone on a stretch down there and played some really good basketball. But I got to ask you about, we all the time talking about John Calipari being swaggy and all this stuff and having confidence. When Oscar got fouled on that breakaway dunk, I've never seen John Calipari do what he did, pulling up his pants, <laughs> mean mugging on his face, yeah, what was that? I have no idea. <laughs> the key on laughing at him, like, I'm like, what in the world is happening? But at that moment, I was like, this team might actually go win the whole thing if Cal's feeling that way right now. <laughs> yeah. No, that was a very, I thought, workmanlike uh, performance. You know, they were basically, uh, you know, Florida did have a chance there at the end. If they had that three gone down, it would have been a lot of three-point game, I think, at that point. So maybe it didn't close it out. In spectacular fashion, but most of that game, they were had double digits or right around double digits, anywhere from that, you know, seven to 10 range. It never really felt to me, I don't think, you know, for probably for most people, it didn't really feel like they were going to lose that game. Um, wasn't a thing of beauty either, but that's fine. You know, you're, you're on the road in the SEC. That's a desperate team you're playing. Florida needed that win to, you know, at this point, Sean, it looks like they're probably not going to make it into the tournament and they needed that win to, to kind of push them on the right side of the bubble. That building down there, I mean, they, they had beaten Auburn this season uh, down there in Gainesville. So uh, that's a pretty crazy stat you're talking about, though, having won four in a row there. I remember covering that Shea game. And, you know, back then it was just kind of – you think about the Deer and Fox team, Sean, they got drilled they down did. there in Florida. Um, I can remember a time you know, prior to that where it just – was you know, especially under Billy Donovan, it just felt like he didn't really win many games, Kentucky, oh, that is, when they went yeah. down to Florida. And that building was – the environment was better when Billy was there, obviously, and, and stuff. And then they renovated the entire building. Like, it's still the O'Connell it's Center. A nice arena. It is a nice arena. Uh, I remember it being – I never went there, but on TV it looked even tighter back in the day because the I remember Billy Donovan pretty much being on the floor 
during the game because the benches were so far out because the bleachers were right up against the benches. I don't think it's as bad now as it was then. I don't know if that's kind of lost some of the environment as well, but it's a very nice arena. The place Kentucky's won four straight in. Uh, they've had some close wins in that stretch. Last year was probably their easiest win, and then they had to come from behind win in 2020, and then the Tower Hero year, they went on a run late. Uh, but a big win for Kentucky. It gives them the three seed in the upcoming SEC tournament. And now you look at the AP poll today, Derek, and Kentucky's up to five, Auburn four, Tennessee nine, Arkansas sitting at 15th. I think the winner of this league, if it's Auburn or Kentucky, they deserve a one seed. They have three teams ranked in the top 10 mm -hmm. in the AP poll entering conference tournament week. I think the winner of the Big 12 and the winner of the SEC, as long as it's Kentucky or Auburn, should get a one seed. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, you think about, you know, if you're Auburn, you're going to have to beat Arkansas, or most likely, assuming the highest seed wins, you're going to have to beat Arkansas in the semis and then either Kentucky or Tennessee in the finals. And if you're Kentucky, there's a chance you're to play Alabama which Ken Palm still likes, top 25 team on Ken Palm, a solid you know team that's solidly in the NCAA tournament field, and then presumably Tennessee, and then to beat Auburn. I mean, those are three good wins <laughs> for your resume. So I agree with you. I mean, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's just complicated because it seems like a lot of years they haven't taken that Sunday game into account. But if it's Kentucky versus Auburn, Sean, won't the committee have to? I don't know how you can make a bracket before those two teams have a – before that game goes final. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You, you can't go, to me, you can't go with Auburn winning the regular season. You can't just assume that because, the to me, the schedule, the way it was this year, doesn't really make that a clear-cut choice. Just because Auburn won the league, is it as impressive? No, because they didn't play Kentucky twice. They didn't play Tennessee twice. And I think that you have to take that into account. I think the conference tournament should decide it this weekend. Uh, to me, the perfect scenario would be Auburn-Kentucky play for the title game, two top five teams in the AP poll, that should decide it. And then Baylor and Kansas. The only thing that's making me wonder if they'll if they'll give it to Kansas is if Kansas goes and wins the Big 12 and beats Baylor in the Big 12 title game, Baylor could have 13, 14 quad one wins when we get to that point. Do they give the Big 12 those final two one seeds and then Kentucky-Auburn be twos regardless? I could actually see that scenario playing out. It shouldn't, but I, I think it could if Kansas wins the Big 12. Well, this is uh, an interesting, you know, weekend to follow. I mean, it's uh, a lot on the line. I mean, you 
I mean, if you're Kentucky and you even have a chance at that one seed, you, this this is a very, very, very crucial weekend. I, I to, will say, I will say this too: that Wisconsin loss to Nebraska yesterday really helped Kentucky. It helped them to me, regardless of what happens in Tampa. If they just win their first game, I think they're going to be a two. But it also keeps them from having to go west with Gonzaga because I think there was a scenario there where if Kentucky was the lowest two, had Duke won and beaten North Carolina win the ACC tournament, if Wisconsin had stayed hot and won the Big Ten, I think Kentucky, if Kentucky had lost early in Tampa, like let's say Saturday, could have pushed them all the way to the lowest two and sent them west. But I think now it's either going to be the one seed in Philly or the two in the Midwest is what I would go with. Yeah, like Nebraska had just been a terrible team the whole season. Like they started 0-12 in the Big Ten and then had to like put out a statement saying that Hoiberg was going to be coming back, they're going to restructure the contract, all that stuff. and then. They went three in a row to close the season. They beat Ohio State and Wisconsin on the road. And they won at Penn State on the road by 23, which Penn State's, you know, not a very good team. But um, certainly better than what Nebraska had been all season. So, yeah, I'm not going to get off on a tangent here on Fred Hoiberg, but that dude was one of the hottest names in college basketball at one point. And now really? the fact that he's uh, uh, maybe maybe a positive sign there, beating some good teams at the end of the season. You know, Nebraska is not really a place with much basketball history and I thought that was a good hire for them but it's not really worked out to this point so maybe this is the start of something good for him um was that a bad move to the NBA for him you think I don't blame him I mean uh you know he was an alum at Iowa State very popular there and he he had a a good program there and they stayed pretty good uh up until you know bottom kind of fell out for Steve Prom last year and then this year I think they might be a tournament team this year right at least they started well I don't know if they faltered at the end they're 20 and 11, so I don't know if they're going to get in or not. I think they're a tournament team from everything I've gathered uh, from last projections I saw. Not bad that you can go 7 and 11 in your conference then and still be a – found out yesterday that you asked some good me, wins, though. You asked me yesterday why Houston is so favored in Ken Palm and, and the net and everything. It, they, it feels like they've been number two in the net for a month, and now they're actually fifth. They, and they they lost yesterday. That That's a team that – if the metrics didn't love them, and I know Jeff Goodman said this yesterday, and I agreed with him, we'd be talking about – I don't even know if we'd be talking about Houston as a bubble team. They have one quad and one win. They have a That's lot of quad saying. two wins, but they, they haven't no beaten anyone. And then every te- every time that they've had an opportunity to beat someone, they haven't beat them. Like, I don't understand even how they're so, even – I don't know how they're even a top four, top five seed to me. That's so, uh, There's yeah. no resume there. For people who – if you're listening to this show, I'm assuming you're going to be filling out a lot of brackets – when Sunday gets here, what do you make of a team like Houston then when it comes to filling out your bracket? Because they're probably going to be a decently high seed. But like you said, I mean, I'm looking at Ken Palm, their best win is on a neutral floor against Oklahoma State. That was back in December. Yeah. Besides that, SMU's they got a, next basically win, no good wins. Yeah. Yeah. And SMU's 58th in the in Ken Palm. Yeah. It's, it's not. And then on the other side of that, you have a Memphis team that, you kind of we sat here and talked about. And I know it was easy to make fun of them and Penny wanting all the smoke and everything. And now that there's no baits, that I mean, they look better. They look better in the last few mm-hmm. weeks, and they're they're a team that. And you're right. You texted me yesterday and you said the committee will put Memphis in Kentucky's bracket and try to get a matchup there. I'm with you. I'm, I'm looking for Murray State and Memphis to be to be in Kentucky's okay. bracket. I think it's almost a given that one. Another good reason if you're Kentucky to avoid the two seed then. Oh, yeah, because if you're a one, you probably want to play either. Murray State's probably, what, a seven? I would have them somewhere in that ballpark. I think they're better in Houston. Yeah. 
Like you, you give them Houston schedule, they probably would have won a couple of those games. But I don't know. It's going to be a fun tournament, both of these tournaments, the SEC and then the NCAA tournament. You're going to have a lot of chaos. Uh, this is where I actually think that, to me, there's in most years you don't really make a fuss of whether you're a one or a two. I think it's pretty important to get a one if you can get it this year. It just because you can stay away from some of those matchups that we're talking about. I'm totally with you. I, I would say, yeah, I could totally see a Murray State matchup in the second round. And I watched them play um, against Moorhead State, a really good game. That was uh, everything you'd want in an OVC championship game. That's, it seems like that OVC championship is always a good game, Sean. I cannot remember watching an OVC title game where it wasn't that's extremely a good close. League. Yeah, that's, that's a, a solid league. league. Um, you know, Murray hasn't lost a game since December 22nd, and that was against Auburn. And, uh, you know, not a not a ton of high-quality wins, but they're also there's not many opportunities for them. They did beat Memphis on the road back in December. Um, but you always look for a team like that to take care of business. They won. Once you add in the OVC tournament, they, they won all 20 of their conference, cha- uh, conference tournament games. Or, or, sorry, just conference games overall. 18 in the regular season, two in the tournament. I mean, that's – that's not easy, especially when you have a team like Moorhead State, Belmont. Those are good programs. And to beat those guys uh, twice in Belmont's case and then three times in Moorhead State's case, that's that's a solid team. But, but again, if you're Kentucky, and I told you this, and I, maybe we'll, we'll get on here after a second round or Sweet 16 game and I'll have it, you know, the egg on my face. But I feel like Kentucky, even as a two seed, they're going to be pretty clear cut the better team all the way through the Sweet 16. And I just think the way that this team's built, as of today, I feel very comfortable thinking this team's going to be there playing for a Final Four in the Elite Eight. I don't know when they get to that point, and a lot of it will be, you know, based on matchups. But because of that, I think this team, more than some others in recent memory, maybe somewhat 2019, but more so than – well, definitely 2017. But I I just kind of like this team's – make up and I just think it's going to take a really really impressive effort by somebody to knock them out prior to the lead eight whatever happens it it certainly makes for an exciting week in Tampa coming up and an exciting two to three weeks for the NCAA tournament to follow that I mean Derek this is a this is going to be a season where I think we're going to have a lot of upsets in college basketball in that NCAA tournament and you've, you've got some really good teams there but it's going to be total chaos over the next week or so you have a lot going on on the one seed line the two seed line teams fighting for position when it comes to seeding and bracketology. you got desperate teams trying to play their way into the NCAA tournament. Stay locked in to Kentucky Daily and everything. We're going to get you through the week. i got a couple of episodes coming up. We're going to have an episode with Maggie Davis dropping, talking about Kentucky's win versus South Carolina in the women's SEC tournament. got some more guest episodes coming your way this week, and then I will be in Tampa bringing you all the coverage from the SEC men's basketball tournament one that Kentucky looks to win for the first time since 2018. We'll see if they can get it done. As always, this show is powered by Blue Wire Pods. It's also powered by the Butcher's Pub. You have three locations, Palmville, Williamsburg, and London, Kentucky. You can visit thebutcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily. 